This is Rocky Snyder. At the tone, leave your name and message and I'll get back to you. These are our newly arrived surgeons, Doctors Trowbridge and Greenbaum. Doctor? 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 Of the Rockfit Files. I'm Rocky Snyder. With me is Vivian Hong now, uh, or Dr. Hong, because in this world of anatomy and motion, it's very rare to actually speak to somebody in the medical field, like the traditional Western medical world. And well, Dr. Hong is a medical doctor. She resides in Norman, Oklahoma, at the campus of the University of Oklahoma. And we'll just bring her on first with an apology, because Doc. I gotta, I gotta confess, I was in Norman, Oklahoma a little over a year ago and I didn't call you and I should have and I'm banging my head against the wall that I didn't. I was presenting at the university at, at a conference there and I think it was the beginning of December of 2019 before COVID of course. And it wasn't until I was getting back on the plane that I realized, wait a minute, Vivian's in Norman. So welcome to the show and I'm sorry. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be on and um, not to worry. Next time. Yeah. Now, one thing about Norman, is there a hill anywhere nearby? Do you have any, any change of elevation, first of all? The biggest hills are when they're doing construction and building overpasses. Then there is some elevation. But the overpasses are elevation. The kids slide on the overpass, uh, sled on the overpasses. Well, that's, that's comforting because that was the only incline I could find to do some training while I was there. So I, if you saw anybody running up and down the embankments of the on-ramps, uh, on then, well, that was me. And so I'm probably hidden under the, under the overpass. But uh, it's a beautiful campus, University of Oklahoma, incredible football stadium, by the way. It just shines bright and, yeah, just beautiful. So let's just cut to the chase. How is it that a medical doctor is learning about human movement? I know that's a weird question, but here you have it. Well, I mean, a medical doctor should understand human movement, right? But um, uh, so the way that I found anatomy in motion is um, a medical school classmate of mine actually in 2015. So she and I both really like functional medicine, which is, um, you know, I'm trained with an allopathic MD. It, functional medicine wasn't really a thing back when um, I got my training and degree. So she said, hey, there's the BBC doctor in the house program and this guy does house calls and he stays with patients. So we were both watching this show. And then when it came to it, I was going to be doing traveling in England. And she said, remember Gary Ward? He's in London. You should look him up. So um, this was 2016. And of course, it was uh, not really an option to get an appointment with Gary. I couldn't really find any means to do that. So um, I looked up other um, AIM practitioners in the Oxford area and found Mark Thulis, uh, who's in Wallingford, who actually I was having some hip and foot problems when I was trying to get back to running. And I was told what almost everybody is told. You're getting older. There's wear and tear. You know, you just can't run anymore. And, um, but when I had seen the um, episode with Gary Ward, it just, 
something about it was like, I have to, I have to see this. This looks um, amazing. It looks right. Um, and had a couple of sessions, which right away, it just, it just makes sense. And then um, after that, I got Gary's book and I was looking for courses, which there were not a lot. I mean, I was kind of surprised. I thought like, oh, I'll wait till he comes around nearby in the US. And then, oh, there's just one place <laughs> once a year. Um, I could go to Ireland or Australia. So anyways, um, I, I ended up uh, taking the course. So um, so how did like MD, okay, so functional medicine, right? That is about um, getting to the, getting to the actual, underlying cause, right, of issues. It's about like helping the body to do its own healing. It's about trusting that the body's gonna heal itself if you remove the injury, if you remove the toxins and you provide the support, um, the supportive environment or the nutrients and anatomy in motion is basically movement medicine, right? You're identifying what is causing the body repetitive injury. Um, so, so I've always had an interest. I've always had a frustration with my background in training and I've always brought other things to my medical practice. And so anatomy in motion, to my mind, fits very well with that approach for the um, musculoskeletal, for the physical body. So um, I, I don't have um, a specific training in uh, sports medicine, um, ortho orthopedics. We work a lot with that, of course, at the university. We have sports fellows um, and a lot of athletes that come that come by. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. When I found out the limited amount of classroom hours in medical school that students take in regards to biomechanics, human movements, integrative action, or it, it was just astounding. It was just, it was measured in, in hours or weeks or between hours, days and weeks. And, and we're talking, how many years were you in medical school? It's four years of medical school, three years of residency training. And then if, you know, you do an additional sports medicine fellowship, it's a, you know, end of the year, but um, definitely the six day immersion course. I mean, I recognize the names and I understood the anatomy, but it was complete content overload. I mean, not just by the end of the six days, but like partway through the first day. I mean, it's a lot, a lot to grasp, but, um, but it feels like I wished I had had this from the beginning and it would be, it would be great if this was actually an integrated part of medical education curriculum. Yeah, rather than uh, just simply the traditional approach, which is uh, immobilize or rest and prescription medication to reduce inflammation. So. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, immobilize and rest and lose further function. I mean, and just accept it. Yeah, accept it. And it is, it's quite interesting you bring up the aging factor that we always hear, well, you're getting older. And I, I often will just stop people in their tracks and say, no, you're just getting less active. As you get older, there is this other thing that's occurring kind of off in the shadows. And simultaneously, as you age, the typical person is going to get less and less active. So their body's going to break down because of that, not because of the aging process. Because if it was the aging process, I wouldn't have a client that's in her 80s doing marathons, right? So, 
but it's something that's promoted just like the aesthetics and fitness. I mean, I imagine you must get completely frustrated with, within your, your field and your peers, your colleagues, when you try and discuss these things and there's just a, a complete kind of deer in the headlights look as to what the heck are you talking about? Just give them this script and send them on their way. Uh, for me, it's, it's in the fitness industry. And I just, there's oftentimes where we're just seeing trainers doing a whole bunch of superficial actions to isolate an area for aesthetic purposes. And it's just this, I guess the whole thing is all about superficial approaches and not getting to the deeper roots. I, you must feel that within your colleagues. I mean, anytime you have a gathering with uh, other medical doctors and have you had discussions like this? I've only had a couple of discussions with like a couple of colleagues in the clinic. I've talked to many, so I have many friends that practice elsewhere who um, actually have been my early guinea pigs when I was like um, practicing. Um, very happy, very interested. And um, one of them, she's actually really uh would like to take a course and then COVID hit. Um, because you know what happens is like you're you are yourself the aim guinea pig and then you feel it and you re recognize this is the thing. Um, and it's exciting and you want to do more, learn more. Um, but if you don't if you don't get to that point, well, okay, I mean if we back it up, I, I would say Yes, a lot of the approaches is I feel like standard medicine, physical therapy, there's kind of cookbook recipe and brute force as far as like, oh, there's this issue. We're going to just put like, you know, this many repetitions. We're going to just leave the walking boot on for this long. And um, I, again, this kind of goes back to some root frustration I have with the system, but it's, it's a really big paradigm shift and it's really... Um, mental effort and time effort. It's very time consuming to be willing to say, hey, could the way that I've been trained, I'm familiar with, I know eventually for some people it gets some results, so it must be okay. And if essentially it feels like I'm not causing harm and this is what everybody else is doing, it's a big paradigm to say, paradigm shift to say, let's look at this completely differently. Um, and so it just feels like there's not enough maybe time or bandwidth for people to be willing to um, to give it a try. Well, that so seems that's what it comes down to is time, because then, then you look at, well, bring insurance into the, into the equation uh, and, uh, and they're limiting your time <laughs> as, you know, as, as little as you can to be as effective as you can in 15 minutes or less, right? Or whatever the, the time frame is. So how can you really explore the issues that people are really uh, coming in with if your only uh, amount of time is, is gonna be measured in just a few minutes. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. So, I mean, I, I understand why there's resistance. And, um, and in fact, so the one friend of mine who she does want to embrace it, but the few other friends who they like it, they, they believe in it, but there's not gonna be any effort to like actually really incorporate it into their practice, so. Well, that leads me into that question about incorporating it into your own practice. So here you are on a university setting, which is renowned for research. So you are kind of in a, a wonderful, potentially wonderful place that, uh, that could, could show efficacies to this approach and whatnot. But you're in a clinic that's an outpatient basis right there on campus. Tell us the, the average uh, kind of students or faculty that come and see you, what are the primary complaints? Is it orthopedic? 
actually not actually if not we see a fair amount of it we see a fair amount of like kind of training overuse um, and then just injury but we also see lots of like infections uh respiratory uh genitourinary kind of reproductive you know the young college um population care but also too i have a lot of like with the faculty and the staff you know diabetes cardiovascular so chronic and then also just say like desk jockey type of like musculoskeletal ailments but i mean we're family practice we see we see everything you know so i will see like infants for their new child uh, well child visits and i have some uh, 80 plus year old um uh, retired uh, emeritus faculty. Um, one guy, he's an 80 some year old uh, tennis player. He's super frustrated because aging has slowed his game down. He can only finish a doubles match. He can't play singles anymore. So I tell him, I want to like, you know, be in as good a shape as you when I'm 80 something. So. Uh, now, how, how do you take uh, the, the concepts, philosophies or approaches that you've taken away from the immersion course and incorporate it in, even if it's just one little tidbit at a time, or or has it affected your practice at all? I guess that's that's really what we're. I've, I've definitely incorporated, and like strangely, COVID has helped a bit. So you know, for our visits are not all fifteen minutes. We can ask for double. We can ask for extra time, and typically it's for so if there's multiple systems, if they have like more than if they come in and say so diabetes, blood pressure, plus, you know, stomach upset. So um, the, the way that I do this is, so people don't really know what it is to ask for it, but they may come in and um, they may come in and say like, my knee's been bugging me for whatever time, or it, <laughs> more commonly, is they're in for the physical or the diabetes, something, something, something. And yeah, it's been hard for me to get walking, you know, cause I have this heel pain that I've been seeing, you know, the podiatrist and I have like this like orthotic and da, 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 da. And so I, um, I will say, hey, you know, it's probably related to your alignment. And there's this like approach that we can use, like there's standard physical therapy, or I, I see you're working with like the ortho, you know, your podiatrist. Um, but I say, we could try looking at your alignment. And I don't know if it's because I'm on a university campus, but many people are pretty curious. They're interested in looking at that part of like, I said, maybe we can get to the underlying cause. Um, and it's, um, it's easier too if they've seen me, they know me, they kind of know my approaches, like let's kind of get to the underlying so source of what's happening for you instead of I'm just gonna um, give you a prescription for something or um, refer you to somebody else. Anyways, um, so I tell them to come back and I say, when you make your appointment, make sure you tell them that it's your leg, your, your ankle, your foot and your neck. <laughs> I'll say like, does your hip bother you? What about your shoulder? And so I can, I can find out that there is generally much more of a history that warrants the extra time for it. And then also, if I can, I try to squeeze in, I say, throw off your socks and your shoes. I grab my iPad and I go ahead and grab a, uh, at least like a walking and like the, um, the uh, turning from side to side videos before they leave. And so I have something to kind of study and prep for before my next visit, because I know I've got to be super, super efficient squeezing in what we're gonna do. Um, and I have a little handout, you know, you need to come back dressed to move and get barefoot. And um, so this is how I've kind of cobbled together in, in, my, in my clinic. I mean, it's, it's still really not ideal. Um, I, I actually have begun um, uh, practice outside 
because it lets me not have to worry about insurance. And um, there's a really lovely studio yoga studio space that has an extra room that I've been able to like kind of um, use. And um, I'm trying to see clients kind of separately, more like I think how probably most of your most AIM practitioners, you know, do it like kind of by the intake session and the follow-up session. Um, but for how I integrate it into the clinic, that's that's my jerry-rigged method of squeezing it in. Shoehorning. Honestly, that's, that's fantastic. I, I don't think I've ever been to a doctor's appointment where they say, okay, be prepared to come in and move. And by the way, take your shoes off. Usually it's, you know, drop your drawers or something like that or something, but never. So uh, what is that like for the response of the patient? Like when because most people are just going, I'm going to the doctor and I'm going to sit there and talk. They're going to take my temperature, my blood pressure, give me a prescription and I'm on my way. So when you tell them, hey, come in next time, prepared to move and take your shoes off. Yeah. What, what do they say to that? Do, do they have questions? Um, sometimes, not very often. You know, they're typically pretty busy people too. But I give them my handout and I give them my card that links to my website. So I say, take a look at this method, see what it offers. Um, and then I'd say, mm, I'd say two thirds of people like actually come back for, they want it, they want to do it. And they come back and they're actually excited. They're actually often quite curious and interested and excited. Sometimes people will do a session and then, um, you know, so I do, I do the whole, <laughs> these are the moves I want you to practice. I want you to come back for follow-up. And I'd say at that point, it's maybe like a 50-50 rate of who actually comes back. Um, I've had several people that have done maybe four or five follow-ups. I've had more that maybe did two or three. And then the other, you know, portion of people who did it kind of the one time. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a huge paradigm shift. It so, is. Yeah. Oh, or, you know, you always have the ones, I'm sure you hear this all the time. It's like, oh, this is interesting. You know, do you think if I like do my yoga practice like this now and said that this will like, I, get, I can do this. And so I was like, it's really not the same. <laughs> so, you know, they're trying to like fit it into like what they already know, what they already do. Um, but it's really exciting that the ones that realize, hey, this is something different. This feels different. And they want to keep um, doing the anatomy and motion movements. Well, so. I have to admit, when I was there a little over a year ago on campus, it was, I think there was probably about 80 to 100 participants in the, the it was the National Strength Conditioning Association's mm -hmm. Oklahoma State Clinic right there on campus. And the, yeah, there must have been 80 to 100 participants and they were all engaged. We were basically checking in with foot pressure and then getting a sense that, well, if their foot pressure is translating over here or migrating here, how they manage their mass is gonna cause maybe these tissues to shorten and not be so excited. So let's roll those out with a foam roller and then check back in with your foot pressure. And of course there was some change that occurred for most people, but it inspired uh, quite a few people to look a little bit deeper. And many of those are not only the students there, but some of the faculty or at least the coaches and the trainers. So this leads me to the next question. Do, do the, the sports med and the athletic department do they know who you are? Do they know that you're doing anatomy in motion? No, 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 no. <laughs> what do you just kind of keep it secret? Like you're, you're you know, you're, I would say Clark Kent and you only put on your cape when you, when you leave the campus or what, what are we talking? Um, <clears throat> it's interesting because I, 
Um, so we, since we have sports med people in the clinic, I kind of see like the leftovers. So I see some of the, maybe the, um, well, I see for sure the recreational, um, and the, and maybe a couple of the club sports athletes or the people who couldn't fit in on the sports med schedule. So I'm, I'm really not in that loop. I'm not one of the team docs, so I don't go on the sideline. And so I'm not really privy to that. It's, um, I mean, you know, sports here, sports are big. Big, huge. Big. <laughs> huge, huge. And as far as like the research, I mean, we have a very, very, um, um, you know, a top health and exercise physiology department here. Um, I, you know, maybe like my energy right now is like, I'm trying, I'm on the learning curve for, for this method. And I'm every, every day, every client, I learned something really important about how to apply it, how to be efficient, how to like communicate it in a way that's like maximally efficient. Um, and so I just, um, you know, I, I, I haven't felt ready yet to like kind of present it, even though I mean, I am absolutely convinced. Um, <clears throat> so normally around university settings, you're going to get uh, <laughs> a higher level of education, obviously, and with that a higher level of intellect and insight and more progressive minded individuals. Uh, so with the patients that come in, it sounds like you have yourself already kind of warm leads, so to speak, in terms of going against the traditional approach of here's your prescription, rest, ice, and, and stay off of it, so to speak. Uh, do a lot of people come in asking for uh, a different approach or just saying, oh, that's reassuring? I'm really glad that you're 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 dealing with this, and I had never thought of of how that is connected. Or or what's your what's your experience with the patients that come in? Are are they fairly open to this, or do they say, you know what, uh, I'm not going to do that. Just give me a prescription. I'm I'm just going to take some ibuprofen and go on my way. Well, um, I mean, people always want to know that this is not something scary and bad. That's baseline, what you've got to fit in. Um, so, and, and sometimes, you know, they'll come back a, a second time asking again, are you, are you sure? <laughs> um, and because I'm, when I'm in my, in the clinic, I'm trying to, I, I always fit it in with like, this is how you have to modify your activity. And these are what you can do anti-inflammatory. I mean, I, I also include that as standard. And then it's in addition, these are the things you can be doing to help heal more quickly and expediently. Um, so um, do I have, um, I mean, there's, I, I'm, I'm, I think I having, I think I already have a sense of who's gonna be receptive or interested. And when I kind of ask them, I'm already sorting that out. So by the time people come to me ready to take their shoes off and get their foot, those are already the ones who have bought into it enough that they're not just, I mean, in other words, it would have been before, before I had them come back for that appointment. The ones who like, no, I just want, you know, can I get a steroid prescription or like, you know, I already got my x-ray. So. I mean, it's the same as if I'm going to do smoking counseling or nutrition counseling. I've gotten much better than when I was young at finding out efficient use of my time because there's no point in going down the whole, this is how, what's, this is what's anti-inflammatory, you know, do you want to quit smoking? You, you need to be able to like tell where people are and their interests in approaching things a certain way. 
Um, otherwise, you know, it, they're listening to you and they're like, la, 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 whenever is she going to be done talking? About? And I'm not making good use of my time. So. So when it comes to getting off campus, you mentioned that there's a yoga studio nearby where you're seeing uh, clients, not so much patients, but you're seeing people. I'm curious as to the, the different types of assessment tools that you're currently using. You had mentioned videotaping their feet as they rotate left and right to see pronation, supination mechanics sort of, and then watching them walk barefoot and doing a little bit of uh, videotaping. Are there other approaches or methods that you're using to assess? Well, I, I mean, when I'm off campus, I can take a lot more pictures um, and do a lot more positions because I have the time to do it. And then um, um, I, I, I don't have a force plate. <laughs> um, I, I don't always think about doing like the poor man. I, I think maybe because I've just kind of honed in on relying on like the video, I pretty much start getting into it and testing to see what they can or can't do. I mean, the posture assessment, right? Like these, the symmetry, um, how comfortably, how easily they can, I mean, for what what, I, what feels like catches my eye is like um, how fluid or not fluid or how evenly distributed their, their movement is. And so sometimes it's really more like, they're just really still, they're really locked in. I mean, many people, of course, the thoracic segment, right? Because <laughs> they're sitting at the desk, rounded shoulder, I mean, the funny thing is, is if you look at my musculoskeletal notes before anatomy and motion, I always, always, I mean, I've had an interest in um, manual medicine and low back. Um, my, my husband happens to have chronic low back pain. <laughs> so I have forever charted rounded shoulder, forward head, tucked pelvis, um, decreased, um, decreased, you know, I, it's something I've always paid attention to. And the funny thing is, is after I had the training, I have had friends from college that I literally, it's like the moment I was waiting for at the last reunion, these are people who I always knew there was something about the way they moved and stood. And I finally had a chance, I said, okay, you know, your knee and oh yeah, I've had to stop running because it's been bothering me. Like, I knew it would, ever since I like, college, I knew there was something about the way your feet were. So, um, so I think that part about me personally has not changed. Now I just have an excuse for like looking at and observing those um, those you, things about how people move or stand. And then now I have um, something to do to try to apply towards that or test it and to see, is that really actually the case for that person's body? So um, I, I typically will actually try moving them and hearing what they're telling me about how it feels for them, um, whether it's, um, I, you know, something because I have a lot of people who they're, they're injured. Right. And so I've had to learn very much to do a lot of modification and to like um, help gain their trust that we're going to stay within what's comfort comfortable and that they're going to direct the movement. And so the modifications and then I, I commonly, especially if they're having a really hard time compared to the other side, that's very instructive. And then depending on what's going on, you know, I, I do a lot of circling around. So I'll say, okay, gently give me a couple more repetitions. And so I like to, I will confirm with my hands about like how the scapula 
um, when I ask them to, you know, to do the crucifix, how much movement, what's the texture of the tissue? Um, when I ask them to give me some more rotation um, in the pelvis, um, kind of feeling for that. So I, I rely a lot, yes, visually. Um, it's how I kind of save time with the videos and such. But then when I have them there, then it's as much what they're feeling, how it, how it looks to me, what I'm, what I'm, you know, does that, I don't, I'm not really sure how else yeah, to. No, make. that's fabulous. No, honestly, that's great. I, I'm often just intrigued by, by history, whether it's personal, world, local, whatever. And, and I'm intrigued by your history because of the fact that I honestly, I only can think of maybe one or two other people that are medical doctors that have been through the course. Uh, Gary and Chris could probably tell me there's a few more, but only a couple stand out. Uh, and you being one of them, I'm curious as to what, what your background was like that brought you to medicine, but at the same time gave you this more comprehensive view of, of like you mentioned, taking notes uh, prior to the course. You were always kind of intrigued by body position when yeah. that wasn't in the curriculum at medical school. So what was your background? Did you athletics, dance? What, what did you do leading up to school? No, totally like uh, not athletic. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm a biology major. I like biology. I mentally, I, I want to know how things work. I like to know how things work. I'm, I am, I am an efficiency hound. I, um, I rail at the, um, you know, the civil, the road planning. It's not efficient. Um, the way they've organized this line at the airport, if they would have people like check their bags, I, I want things to work well. I want things to be efficient. Um, you know, allopathic, the MD medicine, it's, it's too late. It's not efficient to like um, do the heart catheterization. We should have been having, we need, you know, nationwide policies that like fruits and vegetables are cheapest and easiest for people to eat. And that um, communities are built so that walking is the easiest thing to do, not getting into a car. Um, so um, at my heart, kind of personality wise, I'm an efficiency person and I want um, I'm, I mean, I want people to feel well. And so when they are moving in a way or standing in a way, and of course I'm seeing people day in, day out, I have neck pain, I have back pain. It's like, well, you need to get out of this position. If you're, gonna, I mean, I can give you muscle relaxers, but you are still going to have like back and neck pain, you know, day in and day out until we get to the underlying cause of, um, of your issue. So, um, I mean, I, so very late as an adult, I mean, being physically well is something that I needed to learn. So I took up jogging and I really enjoyed that. And so when I got older and I was having um, these niggling aches and pains and then um, uh, recently, you know, I've been like looking into doing some judo and jujitsu, which has been great fun as well too. Um, and I've dabbled in a little, I, I don't know very much about yoga, just enough to know some of the basic poses, but I haven't, I haven't done any team sports or competitive. Um, so I think it's really more my interest, my, my personal interest and approach to how things work. <laughs> I know, honestly, I, I hear it from a completely logical perspective. You know, all the pursuits you did were for a pursuit of knowledge or logic. And, but the, the interesting thing that hits home to me is how things work. 
And I think that kind of resonates through the majority of people that are pursuing such information is we're just curious as to how this is working. And what we've been told doesn't really line up with what we're seeing. So what is happening here? If you, your husband with, your, with his lower back issues, it wasn't just one day he woke up and the lower back said, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's just start messing with his life for no apparent reason, right? There's, there's always kind of that history of, of, okay, if this was happening, then this is happening. And then you find out how this is all working. And then you know, the, the curtain is pulled away from your eyes and you're like, ah, now I can understand a little bit more about movement. So where, where do you see like the, the clinic right now in your work at the university? Do you have others within your department that, well, you said there's a few of your colleagues that are curious, but have any of them kind of had sessions with you? Do you see them kind of being curious about it? Well, there's a, a, a one of the women there, um, she definitely was curious. She knew I'd gone to the, um, to the um, conference, the immersion. And she, and when I came back, she's like, okay, do me, do me. <laughs> and so she thought it was very interesting. Um, and um, to, you know, to, two time, you know, she wasn't going to be able to incorporate it. But the funny thing was like recently, she actually said like, oh, she came over. She's like, I'm having this horrible neck crick. I don't know what happened. Um, she's younger than I am. Um, and then I said like, oh, well, okay, let me see. And so I just kind of had her do some of like the cogs and the such. And, and I, you know, I kind of cued her like really gently. And she's like, oh, that's feeling better already. That's feeling. And then later in the day when I checked in with her, she's like, yeah, yeah. I've been like um, gently trying those movements you suggested and it's feeling much better. So she, I mean, if you want to say buys in, right, she like buys into it, but hasn't, it, you know, she's not in a place to um, incorporate it herself. There's another colleague who he's waiting to have knee surgery. He, he's um, had trouble on and off for a long time. I've offered many times. I said, I'm available. We could look at that. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think maybe he's politely decline. <laughs> I mean, as a matter of time, right? It's been like a, a, almost two years at this point and he still hasn't. Um, I did do actually like briefly an assessment. So when I said, for sure, I confirmed, I said like, you know, look, your foot doesn't move. He's like, oh yeah, my ankle's always been stiff. I had horrible sprains. I was like, so, um, you know, you can't, you, I, I can't drag the horse to water actually even. They're too big. They're too, <laughs> um, and it's, um, yeah, I just uh, I just don't really see necessarily the medical establishment. Maybe where I am is like the place where I'm going to really make inroads. Um, mm. So, or or perhaps I'm choosing not to take on that that battle or that um, that entrenched perspective about this is like different than what we do. I I do kind of think about maybe uh, we do monthly um, continuing medical educations, and so I think it'd be really interesting for me to like present this one of the times. Have you done that in the past? I'm curious. Did you make presentations to colleagues or the AMA or anything like that? No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Are you not a public speaker? I mean, you're doing quite well right now. You could be on stage. No problem. Um, this is, yeah, I, it's, uh, well, you know, you just, you've told me your experience speaking to medical doctors. How well has that gone? So imagine a room full of people that <laughs> a room full of people. Crickets. So, you, Crickets. Not, I mean, you know, the other, the other thing is like, 
it, it is no, it's, it's no small part, the sheer amount of how full your time is to have any space. I mean, we are required to have hours and hours of continuing medical education to maintain our license, let alone, you know, just practice and get our patients seen with what we already know. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I mean, say, I don't, this, as an example, like you're making Thanksgiving dinner all by yourself for like 20 people. And then suddenly like an hour before, you know, the guests are going to arrive like, oh, hey, let's make like, you know, special ham instead of the turkey that's in the oven. And you have to suddenly, I mean, it's just, I think like the juggling time piece of it adds to, um, I don't think that people are in. All right, Doc, I'm going to, I'm going to call you on this. This is that, those are just excuses. Forget it. Here's what I want to do. You and me, we could put together a presentation. We could co-present. I uh, I just presented at the World Conference for the Medical Fitness Association. It was online. It normally out of Baltimore, Maryland, and they were very intrigued. They loved it. They want to hear more. So, what would that be like to actually bring a medical doctor and myself together talking about? anatomy and motion and how we need to start to think a little bit differently. And then just also just kind of on a spinoff, I've been invited to speak to the student body at the Palmer Chiropractic College, their West Campus here in San Jose. So there's interest, granted it's chiropractic, so they're going to be a lot more, a lot more uh, understanding and, and intrigued by it than say Western Med. But I'm, I'm saying right now, we should put something together and at least present at the Medical Fitness Association and just get something going because they're, they're just, they're hungering for it. They're, they really are. And maybe not in the clinical setting, but maybe in the hospital settings and start to go f with that approach. What would you say to that? Would you be up for that? Tell me where and when. I'll be there. All right. All right. <laughs> then there we go. Actually, okay. So this is like clarifying for me. This is what I envision. Okay. So... You yeah. know, I, again, I'm very much early on the learning curve because uh, I'm still seeing like the diabetics and the colds and the, so I've, I'm having maybe like a couple people per week in the clinic and then outside. Right. So that's like, it's, it's a slow <laughs> and you know, what I envision is like cutting back on the hours in my clinical practice so that I can do more of this. Wow. Um, but um, I've already, you know, treated a few runners and, um, I, I, it's gonna, I mean, I'm building, building a practice, right. A, a, a body and a movement practice. So, um, I think as I get more people who word of mouth, so, um, I've not been taking care of athletes primarily. I'm actually been taking care of a lot older people. Like they just can't function well in their normal life. <clears throat> and they don't have that same kind of like pool of like really dedicated and hungry to <laughs> like the couple of runners, right? I think that if I can kind of make in with their group and their running groups and such, like I see that that would be the way I start to make influences that I'm known as a person that can help with this. And then maybe I, um, I, I've thought about going to the local running store, you know, and telling them that I like to do a presentation or like talk to some, um, some of your runners and see if they want to come and we could do like a little overview. Anyways, I, I have thoughts about like, yes, this needs to be disseminated. I mean, I, I think it should be a core part of medical curriculum. Um, even if people aren't actually training to do it in the clinic themselves and incorporated, it's tricky, it's difficult, but to understand it and be able to refer to or to suggest, or 
I mean, I think physical therapy, honestly, if this was like a really integral part of like how they approach it, I mean, we send people to physical therapy all the time, you know, they're like very hand in hand with like MD. And so if I knew that they were getting this, yes. that would be great. So instead I mean, of some typical protocol with a mimeograph yeah. sheet, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, well, we can, we can bash physical therapy all day long if you want to. Yeah, I mean, the, the couple, last year, I actually, I had frozen shoulder. It was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it was like my idea of I'm a healthy, active person and I had frozen shoulder. And I did everything. I, I tried kind of like the right things and physical therapy was not a good fit for me. And I really, you know, I feel like I really suck. And then it was funny. It was like talking to um, another, you know, just like kind of like messaging with like um, an AIM friend who said like, well, have you really applied you know, I, it's, it's upper limb, right? So I was kind of like not too uh, solid on it, but nonetheless, I really revisited it. I tried, I um, reapplied it very carefully, very thoughtfully. It made more of a difference than anything than, you know, that all together, right? Um, I love it. You had the tools all along and you sought out the, the almost like the knee jerk reaction that most people do. And then you came home to what you do and things had a better effect. That's great. Take an upper limb course yet because COVID came, and so like they, so I was gonna sign up for that course. I was wanting to. <laughs> that's my excuse. No, that's good. Well, we we've got the biomechanics closed chain lower body, and and very soon the upper body is gonna come out, and and you'll be able to take that too. Did, speaking of the online stuff, do you do you use the educational platform? So I have a, okay, so I, um, I have so many main videos that I need to sit and look through. <laughs> <laughs> so I did some of Chris's, um, our, our sessions, which were great. It's just, it's just a lot. It's a mm -hmm. lot. I, I, you know, I, if I were full-time retired and could just do this, I would love, love it. But, you know, I have to kind of like pick and choose and say like, if I have an hour this week, what am I going to spend my time trying to like incorporate? So it's, it's hard and frustrating recognizing I have experience deficits. I have knowledge deficits in this and I, I want to be more proficient and know it all, but I, I just, um, you know, I have already existing normal life before that's still needs, um, maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Now, I just put it on in my car when I'm driving from here to here and with California traffic, that's all you've got plenty of time to learn a foreign language or to, to watch some, well, not watch. I take that back. Yeah, I'm not watching can, videos. That's, that's not right. I put that you're driving in your car. No, no, no. I'm merely listening. The, the screen is flipped down and I'm just listening to the educational content. And I go through hours and hours of that. And, and it's a great way of just kind of feeding it in while yelling at the slow person in front of me. It's a fantastic way to learn. Okay. Uh, I never thought about just listening to like the online platform. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. when you really consider it, a lot of those courses is just uh, Gary or Chris standing up in, with a piece of paper beside them, and half the time they're just chatting. So it's uh, it, it, I, I don't lose much because I'm not watching it. I, I'm able to, to okay. get quite a bit of the content. So yeah, but uh, I see that part about stand up and try this, and, da, 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 and then I'll be in the middle of something else, and <laughs> it's be multitasking. Yeah. Good so. point. That, that is a good point. I can't do it then. Uh, I pull over to the side of the road. No, that doesn't work. 
this is this has been so fun. I have been really, and I am sincere with uh, the Medical Fitness Association. They're, they are accepting applications for presenters for this coming year. So I'm going to email you that information. And between the two of us, we'll come up with a, a presentation that we can co-present. Because I think it would be so powerful uh, to have two of us that are doing it, one from kind of the field, so to speak, and one who has been entrenched in the medical world, I just marry those two together and present something. I, it just, I, I think it would send the message home a lot stronger than just some, some gym rat that's talking to a whole bunch of nurses and doctors. So uh, if you're sincere about that, I'd love to do that. So you are talking to nurses and doctors. Oh, yes, yes. Nurses and doctors. Any, yeah, I don't know how many hundreds of people were in the virtual audience for the yeah. for MFA's conference, but yeah. I got quite a few reviews and feedback and they really like the information. They, they would like more. So uh, we've got kind of that open door invitation to come on back. Excellent. Well, you know, we need what the buy-in, we need the buy-in is we need to get them moving. The, we need these medical people to experience it. And that is, I mean, aside from the content and the information, I think when, once they actually experience it in their bodies, that is the buy-in. I mean, it's <laughs> right there. the method speaks for itself. So, so let's, let's do a little plug for you here. You're in Norman, Oklahoma, which again, the, the, the hilliest part of Oklahoma, maybe not, but uh, if people wanted to not necessarily go to the medical clinic, cause that's just uh, staff faculty and whatnot. Uh, but if they wanted to come in and experience your work, say in that yoga studio you spoke of, how would they get a hold of you? Okay, so movingwellness.org um, is my website. Um, and uh, there's a Facebook page as well, too. But probably the website is easiest, movingwellness.org. All right, fantastic. Can, yeah, message me from that. Beautiful. I'll put that information in the details down below so anybody can go and click on that and get right to you. Uh, I don't know when we're going to cross paths physically, but this has been really nice to, to reconnect. And uh, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned like going, where do I go for these courses? I could go to Ireland or London. And was Santa Cruz not that okay for you? It, it, granted, it was a little rainy when you came, but it, it wasn't that bad, was it? Oh no, Santa Cruz was lovely, lovely. I, <laughs> I, I guess that the way the methods would, I thought like, oh, there'd be a Chicago, a Chicago location. A Dal I mean, I'm used to medical conferences. I thought like Atlanta, Dallas, Chicago, you know, I mean, I, I love the Bay Area. I was very excited to get a chance to go to Santa Cruz and I got to connect with some friends um, while I was there. So it was really, I just didn't realize it was, oh, I just missed the deadline. I'm going to have to wait till next year because there's only one time per year in the US and the only location they picked in the u.s you know that that's that's what right I mean. no i guess i guess no, well it used to be san francisco and then things kind of changed i don't know how it got to santa cruz <clears throat> but anyway uh I, I love it i thank you so much for your time and i i next time i find myself at the university i promise there's there's a lunch or a dinner in it with you Excellent. for sure i look forward to it if you'd like to find out more information about the Flow Motion Model, Anatomy and Motion courses, or Gary Ward himself, pick up a copy of his book, What the Foot, at findingcenter.co.uk. And while you're at it, pick up a copy of my book, Return to Center, where I take the Flow Motion Model and apply it to strength, training, and conditioning. You can get a copy of that at rockysnyder.com. Thanks for listening.